Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Durhaj. It's uh, Roxanne Durhach. Thanks for tuning in again this week. Uh, this week I have uh, David Summerfleck, and he's a digital marketing expert, um, something that I can literally say I pull my hair out about often, <laughs> Not, you know, and feel like I've learned probably a, a tip of the iceberg and what's needed uh, since I've started my business. So, David, thank you so much for coming on today. You're very welcome. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about David's background and um, how we're going to spend our time today. So uh, David, um, he's worked, um, he has 20 years experience in digital marketing and project management. He helps businesses uh, and owners accelerate growth in business. Uh, he's worked with hundreds of business owners from multinational CEOs, college presidents, to advertising agency owners tech startups, law firms, restaurant chains, and retail outlets. Um, his goal is to get more customers for you, and he can do that in, in many ways. So, uh, so David, what got, what got you, what's your background? What got you involved in, in uh, digital marketing? Well, basically, uh, my career with digital marketing, um, Basically, what happened with me was I went to college to be a writer or a journalist. I have a degree in English with an emphasis in creative writing. Um, I had done some freelancing internships while in college. And my first job out of college was working for several newspapers. And I very quickly saw that uh, even back then, there was a pecking order that you needed a master's degree to really uh, get, you know, uh, high paying positions with major newspapers. So even though I've always loved creative writing, I saw very quickly that there wasn't going to be much future in it unless I had a master's and I had just finished a BA. So I started studying digital marketing back in the nineties uh, when the internet was still very, very young. Uh, and I found that there were a, a, a great number of businesses that really needed uh, someone who could come in and just do everything. And so I started doing that freelancing while I was working as a writer and editor. And then I slowly changed from that, got into editing and then I was a teacher, a paraprofessional, a teacher's aide. Then I was a college professor. Then um, I was a college administrator. And during all of that time, I either worked freelancing for clients as a solo consultant. And then after working as a college administrator in between, I would go and work for different marketing agencies. So over the course of 20 30 years, I've worked for more marketing agencies, either as an employee or as a contractor than I could ever count. And I also was a volunteer for SCORE, which if uh, your listeners are not familiar with SCORE, is a division of the United States Small Business Administration. 
So I was a certified uh, business mentor for them for off and on almost 10 years. And I also volunteered as a business mentor for another nonprofit. So one day I just tried to do an assessment of how many people I spoke to and nobody knew. And I realized that it had to be several hundred people over, the, over that duration of time. And I realized, you know what, I need to give myself credit for the work that I did, the people I helped. Um, there were many businesses that got in touch with me and said, hey, look, because of your help, because of your help, you turned our business around. You literally saved me thousands upon thousands of dollars. You saved me years of stress. You saved my business. Now we're profitable. And I just started collecting those testimonials and putting their pictures up on my website. And I just said, you know what? I need to give myself the credit for what I have. I had, um, this is my, I had two startups as well. One was a mediation nonprofit. Then I opened my own digital marketing agency in Denver with my wife. Now I'm older, I'm semi-retired, and I just decided, look, name the, the new individual practice what it is. It's me. I'm a digital marketing specialist. DMS also happens to be my initials. My favorite color is blue. So I just looked online one day and just said, I've got to get that domain name, dms.blue. That's me. It's what I am. It's what I do. I like the color blue. It was perfect. So that's how I'm at where I am now. So uh, I've never met a business owner that I couldn't help, but I have met a lot of business owners who were resistant to change, which is a big difference, uh, or business owners who were not a good fit. So now I look specifically for business owners who need and want accelerated growth and can scale for that. So I handpick who I work with, typically one, pot, one client per quarter, and that's enough for me at this phase where I'm at. So tell me, I know that um, for me with my business, what became really important and, and also in writing my book and um, right. when I speak, keeping my voice is very, very important. Yes. Right. And sometimes, you know, as yeah. an editor and as a writer, you can appreciate it. Like I remember uh, using one editor um, who was completely out of alignment of what my voice was. She was actually changing my voice. Yes. And not really seeing how that was impacting my voice out there in my, in my world of authenticity. She was, she yeah. was really, she, I, I, you know, I, and of course, to put it politely, we, we didn't get along so well for, for, for a very short period of time. And then I went on to someone else. So I, I found that very, very interesting. But when you work with people, mm -hmm. um, how do you kind of vet them out in reference yeah. to that's whether, critical. Good, whether a good fit for you? Because that's, yeah, that's, that's critical. I can't say that enough. As a matter of fact, I just answered a question just like that. There's a website called Quora, Q-U-O-R-A.com. Yes. And every once in a while, I'll go on Quora and I'll answer questions. I'll try to include a video if I can. Um, depending on what time of day or night it is and, and everything, what my wife is doing. Um, but authenticity is critical. 
go. I can't say that enough. I'm still discovering my own true voice and who I am and how I've changed because we get so used to this paradigm of going to work, taking orders, and then fulfilling those orders. And there's someone overseeing you, the supervisor, the project manager in my case, um, this, the company CEO. I worked for a marketing agency once. It was very, very small. There was the company CEO, and then there was the director of marketing. And that was it. That was the chain of command. And, um, but I remember he was uh, a very, very smart, very, very uh, educated, gifted person. But he had this habit of shouting profanities and using racial epithets. So as you could imagine, that would make things a little bit uncomfortable at times. Now, I learned a lot from working there, both positive and negative, but it, that was one experience where I had to get my own voice. And I remember at one point just saying, look, don't use that language around me. But on a larger, a larger scale, how do I vet my clients? I basically really require that we have at least, at least one or two serious uh, conversations on an adult level about business objectives and business goals. If, if I responded to every phone call that I got in every email, um, literally it would consume every hour of my life um, educating potential clients on why they should care what is SEO? What is web design? How do I do everything myself for free? You get all of these questions. Um, and you could try to be a nice person and help them all, but literally you would have no clients, no money, no income, and no time. So I require at least two, maybe three uh, phone or Skype conversations before I really take them seriously. And the way I look at it is, look, if you and I can't have one or two conversations for 15, 20 minutes, how could we work together? Mm-hmm. How could we possibly achieve business objectives if you can't focus long enough to talk? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but from my perspective, it's extremely common to get phone calls. I had one person call me up out of the blue. And this is when I listed my public phone number on my company website, right? So they could call me directly on my phone. And I would get phone calls such as, how much is a website? Mm-hmm. Well, how much is a car? It depends on what your business objectives are. <laughs> right. I don't know if you have goals in life or not, right? And it sounds like a silly question, but many people who would call me, they didn't know what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. When I would say, what are your business objectives? Well, what are you talking about? I just want a website as cheap as I can get it. <laughs> and then I want to be done. It's like they're ordering a stack of business cards. There's no connection to achieving goals. So I learned from that experience. First of all, I don't put my public phone number up anymore. I put my Google voice number. I would probably say I probably get about 40 or 50 calls per day where people call and hang up, call, hang up all day long. Um, But yeah, I require at least two or three phone conversations or Skype calls to see if we're a good fit for each other. And after that second or third call, maybe we'll talk about budget. But budget is secondary to having objectives. Um, And it's really, really key. It's very easy today to go online and say that you're a company CEO 
and not be one, to say that you're something and you're not. And it still today to this, to this day surprises me to no end that people will do that. But if you have ever seen that TV show Catfish. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. I have. To some extent, I get people doing that because they're dating. But look, at some point, they're either going to meet you or they won't. And if they're not going to meet you, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, aren't you being cruel when you show some male model's photo, but you don't look like that? That's not who you are. Aren't you being cruel to the other person? Aren't you, aren't you being inauthentic? How are you ever going to have an adult relationship like that? And yet, how many people do it? You know, uh, the, you know, I think there was a study done by Facebook that they said something like 60% or more of accounts on Facebook were from people who were not real people. They were either duplicates or scam or spam um, pages, businesses that were no longer in operation, that weren't real people who would show photos of celebrities or cartoon characters or male models or whatever. So there's a lot of inauthenticity, a lot of phoniness out there. Um, And I think it's just the nature of the internet, you know? So as an individual and as a business owner, it's really important to find your true voice, you know, who you are, what you want to be, what you aspire to be, who you want to legitimately help and who you don't want to waste your time with, who you can't help. It's not that they're bad people. It's just, I can't help you if you won't be honest or forthcoming, or you say something silly that's completely ridiculous. Like my budget is $200 and I want to be number one at Google. That's not going to happen. You know? Uh, So does that, you know, now as far as my end, I have a workbook on my site that I offer for sale that basically walks people through various steps. You purchase the ebook, it helps you get clear on what your objectives uh, should be and could be when working with a digital marketer such as myself. So I sell that on my website. Um, let me try turning this down see if this helps any, I don't know if you're hearing any back. No, I, I'm not hearing anything at all. Hopefully I'm clear also. Yes, but, but those are some of the things I do to try to facilitate more effective and clear communication. So if you're a startup yes. then and you have no real business objectives, it's, it's kind of tough, right? Because if I, I think back to when I started my business, uh, you know, I, obviously I'm, I'm like you, I'm kind of mid-career also I'm a psychotherapist. I've been a, a corporate consultant for years. And then I went yeah. off and I started to, um, I wrote a book and started to write and train and coach on the book. So, but again, not really having a plan back then, other than I knew I wanted to continue what I was doing, but in a different way. Um, and had, had the credibility obviously coming into it. What I see a lot of out there is a lot of people don't have the credibility, mm-hmm. um, but they're, they're promoting a lot of things. And to your point, eventually, you know, the guy's going to have to, or the girl's going to have to see who she's dating. Um, so that yeah. speaks to that authenticity and being in line, because if I'm saying I'm a mental health and wellness specialist and you look into my background, you should be able to tell if I'm authentic relatively quickly on Google. Would you I agree think, with that? Yeah, I think there are a lot of self-help gurus 
on the internet. Um, you know, I say I'm a digital marketing consultant, uh, but that encompasses many different tools. And just using Facebook as an example, if I go into Facebook, primarily what I do is I check forums to find technical specifications, to ask a technical question or get help with a technical issue. I would say almost every time that I log into Facebook, I will see an ad for a new uh, guru person or some guru expert. I'll help you get a million referrals for you know X amount or what have you. And I'm sure you see that as well. Sure. And you just have to practice a little critical thinking. Um, you know, it, does this sound reasonable? Does this sound even realistic? Um, in most cases, it's about having what I call adult mature conversations with people. Uh, what are you really trying to do? Why are you trying to do it? What have you tried to do so far? How's that been working for you? Um, you know, if I were to talk to, uh, let's say a psychotherapist, so let's say you wanted to be number one in Google. I would say, okay, um, you know, how long have you been in operation? What have you tried before? What worked for you? What has not? Why do you think that is? Basically a little psychotherapy, uh, only without the experience. But I would try to ask- Digital psychotherapy, David. (laughs) Right. I would try to ask probing questions that would try to identify, is this real to you? How important is this to you? and I, th- I think in a lot of cases, people see as like, I'll go to Amazon to see how much a camera might be, right? So by the same token, somebody will wake up in the middle of the night and have an idea for a business or something. And they can't go to Amazon and look up how much a website might be. They're not going to go to Google and look up typical digital marketing budgets, so they'll just call the first person they can find and just say how much. There's no context. So it doesn't mean that, you know, that there's any uh, bad feelings or, or anything like that. It just means we're not a good fit. You're looking for a, a lowball price that you may or may not act on. I'm looking for people who have uh, very specific business objectives they want to accomplish that are very, very important to them. Um, so, that open communication, trying to build a true voice, authenticity is very, very important. It's difficult. It's difficult. It was difficult for me to learn, you know, who to stop talking to, whether it was in dating, whether it was as an employee, whether it was as a subcontractor starting my own business. It was very, very important to realize, look, some people just aren't good for you. Mm -hmm. Stay away from them, whether that's for dating or for business. If somebody wants to talk to me for five hours, but they have no intention of ever working or, or resolving the problem, that's not realistic. It's not a smart use of my time. It's the same way with dating and, and all these other analogies that we could come up with. Um, does that kind of answer the question? Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I mean, you can get people, you know, putting up something in on Wix for free to being able to have a state of the art website yeah. that I know can run thousands and thousands of dollars, but it's kind of like, you know, I always say like, what is the image that you're trying to project out there? And, and it's, yeah. a website is just a flat con, a concept on, well, on, a, on a screen. If you don't have you, anything behind it. Yeah. Let me give you two examples. Um, I was a mediator 
So uh, I was a trained certified mediator where I would resolve court disputes. I once uh, resolved a court dispute that was scheduled to be on Judge Judy. Um, and yeah, I was very surprised when they showed me the letter from the producers and everything. And I just said, look, you can go on there and be a television celebrity and be known as, you know, this type of person, or we can resolve it right here and now without the drama. But anyway, um, I, I've spoken to a lot of lawyers and there's a lot of pushback from them. Uh, and I don't really know for sure why. I think some of it has to do with the nature of being a lawyer, being argumentative and defending or fighting uh, one or the other in court. But um, there were two lawyers that I spoke to recently. Uh, there was one lawyer who said that he wanted to start his own solo practice. And we talked on the phone twice. The first time we spoke for at least an hour. The second time we talked for at least another hour. And after the second time I spoke to him, I just said, look, you, he had a Wix website. Mm -hmm. His problem was no one could find him mm -hmm. online. If you looked up a lawyer in his city, in his state, he would never show up. And I just told him, I said, look, you're a lawyer, you're a smart guy, you're educated. What do you really expect for free? Do you really think that these people are going to put you at the top of Google for free? And that you're going to get a million phone calls overnight for free. Come on, let's get real. They give you an empty template that looks like a million others. And it's your job to fill it in. And if you don't know what you're doing, then you're going to get out exactly what you put in a big donut. And I asked him, how many referrals have you gotten from it? None. How, ma how many thousands of dollars do you think you've lost over the course of the three or four years that you've insisted on having that? He said, well, I don't know. Could be tens, tens of thousands of dollars, probably 70, 80 grand. But he was insistent on never investing a penny in his solo practice. Now, after probing a little bit deeper, I realized that the reason for that was because he also worked for a much larger, established, older firm, what we call a legacy law firm. Mm -hmm. They would get all their referrals through court referrals and networking. None of their clients came through the internet. So they were all older people getting all the referrals through the, the court system. They didn't care about the internet. They didn't take it seriously. It was a fad to them. So he had the same mentality. So I just said, look, I wish you a lot of luck. I can't spend any more hours answering questions, trying to cajole you to give a blankety blank about your business if you don't. I wish you well, have a nice day, God bless, hung up. Never heard from him again, and I knew I wouldn't. Hmm. Um, there was another lawyer I spoke to who contacted me uh, because she had a Wix website too. Same problem. She was losing tens of thousands of dollars in potential clients every day because nobody could find her in Google search. And at that particular time, I was very tired. My wife was going through uh, radiation therapy for cancer. I was stressed out and I was tired. And I just said, ma'am, I'm happy to answer any questions you have. So she asked me all kinds of technical questions. I answered them. About an hour later, she was said, I'm exhausted. I'm more confused now than I ever was before. I don't know up from down. I'm just going to keep what I have. And if it means I end up losing my practice and I have to go work at Starbucks and so be it. I can't get a grip on this. 
And I said, okay, well, you know what? I'm too tired to argue with you. If you want to talk again in the future, give me a call. So that, that's interesting, right? Because, you know, not, very sad. Yeah, not having a vision, right? Like, like I said, you know, you go out there and you, and you, you think if I'm not searchable or, or positioned to be found, how am I going to get business in this day and age? Like, I mean, that's a tough thing, yeah. right? Because yes, and I know, and I want you to talk, I want you to talk about the frenzy about being on everything. Because that's the other thing that I've, I've seen it myself. I've been there themselves. I should be on this and that and that. And really kind of how you guide people to decide. So let's say you have the strategy, you know, you know, you want to, I want to be the top keynote in mental health and wellness in, in, um, you know, North America. Um, how do you kind of approach people like, you know, because everybody says you should be on everything, Instagram and, and Snapchat and no. LinkedIn and Facebook no. and blah, 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 blah. So how do no. you, so can you tell my dizziness? I've obviously, um, I'm going to be truthful. I've been there. Sometimes I get back there again when I think, Oh my God, I haven't been doing this or that. How do you guide someone like that when they think they should be doing everything to have a digital footprint? You cannot be all things to all people. Um, the only business that I can think of that has successfully tried to do that was Walmart. Walmart tries to be all things to all people, and even they don't succeed. There was a period of time where Walmart's revenue was dipping very, very low. Kmart went out of business. Um, and there will be more uh, big mega retailers that go under very soon as well. So you can't be all things to all people and you can't do everything yourself. Um, you've heard the expression, no man is an island. One of the biggest issues that I see business owners doing, in fact, I'd say the number one issue is spreading themselves too thin, trying to do everything themselves. And what happens is, you know, the answer, they end up doing uh, many, many different things poorly rather than one or two things really, really well. Um, you know, I can't do everything myself. I don't have time. And uh, I don't try to be number one in Google nationally for digital marketing. The reason for that is that there are other people doing the same thing I am. Let's get real. And they're going to be uh, not necessarily more experienced. There are people who are more experienced than me, certainly. But most of them are most of them are companies. Let's put it that way. They're larger, more corporate companies. So their pockets are going to be much deeper. They can spend 20, 30 grand per month on advertising because they're going to charge 10 or 20 grand per client. Um, I don't try to be number one. I target specific cities or, or demographics. Um, typically those in the state of Florida. Um, just because I can't work with everybody and I, I'm not, I can't, I'm not going to be number one in Google for that. So that's where the expression niching comes from. N I C H I N G where you pick a niche and work for that. If you can, it doesn't work for everybody. You know, it would be like me saying um, pick a city and state and say, I'm only going to work with pizzerias in this city and state because I love pizza. Now, I may love pizza, and I do, but that's not a good demographic because our pizzeria is going to be willing to invest 
two or three thousand dollars if I can explain to them that they can make back 30 grand just a few months later. Most of them won't do it. They just won't. They'll push back on it because they're usually very small operations. They've got a handful of employees. There's pushback on that. Um, it's, but you can't be everywhere all at once. What I recommend my clients do is pick three or four social media outlets and just focus in on first producing really good quality, engaging content first. That's difficult enough. Then get on a schedule, an editorial calendar, and produce that on a regular recurring basis. Then what we do is repurpose material. And if for anybody listening who doesn't know what that is, that would mean, let's say, for example, I want to write a blog post. And we're going to call it six reasons why digital marketing is great for a new business, right? As an example. So I'll write that blog post. I'll include a lot of links to scholarly journals and research in that article. I'll make an infographic um, diagram showing the six reasons. I'll include that in that blog post as well. Then I'll also make a brief video going over that infographic image, right? Now in my blog post, I'll include the image, I'll include the video, I'll include a downloadable PDF, okay? Maybe I'll do a podcast on that as well. Maybe even a series, right? A podcast on each one of the six reasons. Now this gives me a lot of content yeah, yeah. that's all associated, that can all link back to itself, that I can now distribute on Facebook which reaches over 2 billion people a day. I can uh, post it on uh, LinkedIn mm -hmm. and sp specifically use certain hashtags. I could post it or that or different elements of it on Twitter. And I could do it once a week or maybe even once a month. So there I've already come up with a lot of content. Now imagine if I stick to that edit editorial content for six months. Imagine the backlog of content that I'll have right? And then you get on a schedule where you submit that content once a week, same day, same time. Now you're training Google that every week at the same day and the same time, this person releases content. So we need to index their site and do it more often. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I, that's, you know, if anything I've learned about uh, my podcast, like I've been doing it now for about eight a year and a year and three months. Yeah, it's it's out every Thursday at eleven o'clock. Um, you know, and and you can see the traction based on the metrics that I see that's coming back. It, it's being watched. It's being watched by the right, or at least I think it's being watched by the right people um, at the senior le executive level who are interested in mental wellness. Mm -hmm. um, and now it's kind of okay because credibility, right? Like credibility and what is the content? What are we talking about? Uh, my brand is authenticity, but it's really about the more authentic we are, the better people we are in whatever we do. That's right. And, it's, and, and you post that content to your website. You post it to your YouTube channel. Yes. You share it. So you've got content for every video. I mean, how many places are there to share videos? You know, uh, audio, blog posts. So that gets you out. And then if you use different hashtags or change things around in terms of what you write just a little bit every time you share it, um, 
And if you can, if you can um, stay focused on that for about six months or so, inevitably, you see the tide slowly begin to turn. So it's really about, um, I've heard this, this word repurpose a lot, right? Like yes. people talk about it so much that. We all uh, the wheel. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because if you're, if you're, if you're producing content, like you said, like if it's an hour or two hours a week and yeah. you, you see all the different modalities of which, you know, if you're visual auditory, um, you know, like you said, graphics, all those things from one piece of content, you know, so what happens, you're saying, is when you put it out across the platforms, Google starts to recognize that this person is um, being consistent or is it that they're seeing the same kind of um, themes? What is it that Google looks it's, for? It's, it's both. But also if you use hashtags for your area of expertise, right? So if you're a psychotherapist, you want to include psychotherapy, wellness, related hashtags. Mm-hmm. And every time you repost it, try different hashtags. Um, now, is that necessarily the best use of your time? No. Maybe no. it might be seeing patients, right? Right. And then, and then outsourcing that to an individual or agency who knows what they're doing and will do that for you on a reliable, consistent basis. Now, there, that's your marketing division of your practice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that basically means that, you know, repurposing is, is basically doing that on a regular recurring basis, getting that word out and focusing maybe on three or four top level social media platforms. You know, Facebook reaches over 2 billion people per day. But if you post on there, it doesn't mean that 2 billion people are going to see what you post or that 2 billion people are going to start calling you. And most of them won't be a good fit for you. A lot of people are going to be people in other countries that you may or may not be able to reach. They're going to be people who have issues that you don't want to treat or can't help, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's easy enough to add it. But I've, they're, they're different. LinkedIn is more of very surgical to reach specific people who are more professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook is more scattershot. Twitter is more for very brief focused conversations. So you kind of want to go with that. Pick, uh, what is it? Pinterest is more for people who specifically look up images related to a search. So would people who are seeking psychotherapy necessarily go to Pinterest and look for images of a psychotherapist or images of stress or things like that? I don't know. It's possible you could still reach people, but for me, I'd probably look at LinkedIn more. Right. But and that's, pre- that's pretty much where I kind of hang out because with the speaking yeah. and the training, um, you know, the practice, not so much because I'm my, the growth, um, projection for me is more around the speaking and training um, and wanting to spend my time doing more of that. And obviously the, the decision makers that could do that would be mostly on, on LinkedIn. Right. And now, now all of that being said, a marketing division of a company or a practice, you would always want to include what I call boots on the ground. I grew up around a lot of military people. So I use military terms and analogies at times. Um, but I would liken that to say, look, we've got our marketing division online. Now, a boots on the ground division would be giving presentations. I love 
as you know, I love to uh, be a guest on podcasts. Um, but I also love to give presentations in person um, because that tells me I'm reaching people who are serious, who want to be there. Um, they may or may not end up working with me, but they're serious and committed enough to come to this presentation. Um, so you still want to give a presentation to people who are not hobbyists, but really serious about their business, who have a need and a want to change things mm -hmm. using marketing, not seeing it as a hobby or something. But I would say I probably have about an 80 or 90% return on investment when I give a presentation in person, because usually people who come to this want to hear what I talk about. Right. And I tried, and I try to get people impassioned and interested. Um, you know what I call giving a blankety blank about your business. You know, being deliberate and proactive, as opposed to being a passive observer. Um, you know, and I and you know, the reason I stopped volunteering for SCORE, talking to so many business owners, was that honestly. It, it, it began to take up all my time, but it also became very, very depressing because every single time that I talked to somebody, the problems were always the same. The problem was always the same. I can't get enough customers, but I'm trying to do everything myself. So the solution always is, do you want help? And 99% of the time, the answer was no. I have to keep trying to do everything myself or I'm addicted to this poverty mentality that I could never afford it mm -hmm. or that's just not something that I do. It's for other people. So dealing with, I don't know how many phone calls and emails it was per day, just in line with that, just was like, I can't, I can't take this anymore. You know, I just reached a point where it's just too depressing. But I realized, look, I know all the problems that you're going to come at me with. And I know what the solution is. And people always say, oh, well, wait till you hear my problem. My problem is going to be different. Wait till you hear my situation. You don't know. Mm -hmm. But when you winnow it down, it's always the same. You're trying to do everything yourself. You're not empowering people to help you. And you're not taking a stand. You know, if you watch these reality TV shows with Gordon Ramsay, where he goes in and he helps people with their restaurants or, or bar rescue, where he helps people with their bars. And there's a million shows like that. I saw one on Amazon where they, the expert helps people with their farms. And it's always the same. Stop trying to do everything you want, everything yourself, rather. And work with a professional, listen to what they tell you. But there's so always pushback. But it's so true. But I guess the dilemma that I, you probably hear a lot and I know I've been there and I've been, I'm around entrepreneurs all the time is when they're starting off, yeah. right? The, the, you know, you become the guy with every hat, but then eventually there comes a point you're so right where you realize you can't do it all. I can't, I can't, I can't create the service. I can't see the clients. I can't coach. I can't speak. I can't train yeah. um, and be able to, to be able to keep, you know, the podcasts, obviously I have to do them, but somebody else takes care of everything else. I do them and somebody else takes care of everything else. With social, how, what do you suggest? Do you, when you work with your clients, do you um, suggest strategy and then they go out and they find 
a, a firm that does it or is that part of your business that you do? Well, first of all, it, it comes down to time management. Um, I know someone who had a podcast for several years and it was a very, very good referral engine for him. And um, he wanted to spend more time with his family and more time running his business. So he just hired someone to do the podcast for him and they still run the same commercials. He still gets the referrals through it. It still gets more and more leads all the time. So uh, you don't have to do anything. You choose. You know that mm -hmm, as, mm -hmm. as a psychotherapist. You know that yes. we make decisions, whether it's conscious or not. And um, so what do I tell clients who contact me with problems? First, I have to get them to talk about the problem and realize it either is a problem. Yeah. Um, and, and then that takes a majority of the time. Tell me what you've done. Uh, you know, what's worked for you, what hasn't worked for you. Uh, if it hasn't worked for you, why do you keep doing the same thing over and over? Uh, what does that feel like for you to make it real? It has to be tangible and visible for them. The pain must be real. Then if that's the case, then I'll say, what would you, what would you do if someone could take that away? You know, if you're not getting enough leads right now, you're not getting enough phone calls, what would it feel like if you got one or two phone calls per day from people who wanted legitimately to work with you, would that be enough? What would that be worth to you? You know, there was a website I made a long time ago for a kitchen and basement remodeling person. And I'll never forget, he was a very nice person. And I made the website for him. There was no competition locally because none of the other Remodelers had decent websites. So he immediately shot to the first page of Google. He started getting phone calls every day and he panicked <laughs> and, and he wouldn't respond to phone calls. He wouldn't respond to emails. And I called him up and I said, Jim, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm too busy working uh, at Home Depot and working on my own stuff. Mm. So I said, all right, well, you know what? Have a nice day. A few months later came and he didn't want to pay to renew the site. He let it go. So all the work that we did was for nothing because of this inner dialogue. He didn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't respond to phone calls. And I can't tell you how many small business owners have been in that position that I've worked with nonprofits that I, I've tried to help um, where they would get phone calls from people seeking help. But then it would like, well, what do we do now? Somebody just donated $100. Uh-oh, what do we do? And so what I tell them if, is to take it seriously, to really get medieval and deliberate on this and look at it as something that could potentially support a family, that this is real. You know, your husband or your wife or your family is counting on you to pay the rent do you want to go back and work for someone who's abusive or go work at a nine to five that's running you ragged and you're still not making enough to pay the rent? How, so you try to make it real to them that they care enough to be like, okay, what do I have to do, David? Right. right. Tell me, if you tell me what to do, I'll do it. And, uh, you know, I like the show Bar Rescue because uh, the main character is an older man who became very successful in the, later on in life. 
So naturally, I like that, right? He's not bald, but you, you can't have everything. But I remember him saying once that sometimes he had to break people down in order to build them back up because mm-hmm. there was so much resistance and pushback that they don't want to do the things that you could help them. Right. And of course, if he came into the equation and said, look, I've got 30 years experience. I can help you change this. I can make people come in and spend more money and give you more business. All you got to do is do what I tell you. Well, if, he, if that were the case, there wouldn't be a show. There wouldn't be any drama. And for my own circumstances, if that were the case, it, it just, it's not that way at all. And you know that when you treat people as a psychotherapist, you spend the majority of your time going through all this resistance and pushback. No, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be honest. I'm not going to let you help me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's authenticity, but it's also getting real and just cutting through the BS and the excuses. At the end of the day, we only have ourselves to look in the mirror, you know, and I've, I've gone through that where, you know, I started my own digital marketing agency with my wife and uh, my own mediation company. And there were times when I had to look in the mirror and just say, look, I I don't know if we're going to make it this month. Mm -hmm. I really, I honestly, I don't know. I just don't know. And it wasn't until I got honest about who I was choosing to work with and how I was presenting myself that things slowly began to change. So if I were to meet you at a networking group now, I don't say I'm a digital marketing consultant or a digital marketing specialist. I say I'm a business growth expert or a business growth consultant and people who want to ignite growth in their business will hire me. If you're not interested in growth, I wish you well, we can, you know, have some, uh, some pleasantries, but we're not going to be a good fit. And surprisingly enough, there are a lot of businesses, a lot of business owners who will say that they don't want to grow, that they can't handle it. They can't scale. For they can't growth. scale up. Yeah, accordingly. Right. I talked to a lady who owned a, a secondhand clothing store and she also sold retail clothing and jewelry there. And she was complaining to me about her free Wix website or Weebly or whatever it was. And nobody was finding it online. She wasn't getting any orders. And I looked at it and I could see all the problems right away. And I just asked her, just out of curiosity, if, if I could get two or three new people calling you or coming into your store every day, would that be something you would want? What would that be like? And she's like, oh, no, we couldn't handle that. I'd have to hire someone new. I'd have to hire somebody. I don't want to do that. Isn't that what business growth is? Like, isn't that why you go on? And I, w- I, I would think that that most uh, business owners would want that to be a problem because, you well, know, if I get, yeah. <laughs> but that was her response. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the little voice in my head said, Dave, why are you talking to her? Yeah. Tell her, have a nice day and go on about your business. So I typically will set aside Tuesdays and Thursdays to talk to new clients. Um, And what I'll do is I'll stack them. So they get 15 minutes and we'll stack as many as we can fit into a Tuesday or Thursday. And in those 15 minutes, I just try to cut through all the BS and all the noise and just say, I just want to know, is this real to you? Mm -hmm. I don't want people to suffer. I don't want people to feel pain, but if there's no pain, I can't help you because you won't be doing, you won't be willing to do what's necessary. So do people have to work with you um, in blocks of time, like a couple of months at a time based on uh, 
business strategy and growth? Like do typically it, yeah, it depends on what they're, even though the problems are almost always the same, sometimes the solution is a little bit different. Sometimes the solution is shorter or faster or quicker, depending on where they are in stages. So for example, if a lawyer were to call me up and say, look, David, I really want to get new clients. That's a priority for me. I'm not playing around. I'm more than happy to invest, you know, $3,000 if that means getting one new client per month. Because for a lawyer, again, if a lawyer gets one new client, that new client could be worth anywhere from 10 grand to 30 grand on up for them, right? Mm -hmm. So if I tell a lawyer, look, I can guarantee you're going to get at least one new lead every day after I work with you, right? I can guarantee it because I know I'm going to take them to the top of Google or I won't work with them, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So... If, if that person were to say, yes, I'm ready to commit, I don't have an issue paying this amount. I don't have an issue with you creating a beautiful custom site. I don't want to be in control. I don't want to second guess you. I don't want the website to have a picture of a puppy dog on it or some silly thing like that. I can work a lot quicker. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a lot easier for me to work with that person because there's less resistance, you know? Um, so... You know, another example, I remember working for a nonprofit government agency, and uh, we spent several months working together. This is for a government agency, okay? After several months, the person that I corresponded with said, look, the pers this person on the board of directors loves puppy dogs. They want you to have a puppy on the front page of the website, and they want you to have a rotating, glowing logo. And I want you to change the colors because their six-year-old son prefers this color. And I just said, you're kidding, right? And he said, oh, no, this is what we want. And I just said, look, I got to be honest with you. After hundreds of pages for your site in the newsletter the and everything else, I'd have to gut everything that I've done and start all over again. And it would not look professional. I can't do that. Yeah, well, so people, people get off track about why, why they're doing, or maybe because they didn't know what they wanted at the beginning. Yeah, and that's my fault. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, that goes back to me vetting them more carefully and saying, how serious is this to you? Uh, what does this change represent to you? What would it mean to you to get this? And again, if I were to go back in time and do that with this government organization, I would handle things very differently. I would require several conversations first to see if they're really serious, find out what their budget is or is not, who's in control, who are the key people involved, and are they all in communication? I need one central person to work with, not three or four. I can't have any second guessing. Once I start working, we have to work in a professional way. We can't keep making changes over and over again. And they don't know that. So it's up to, to the service provider, like you and I, to show them the boundaries and rules with how we work. You mm -hmm. can't have someone being disrespectful or rude or evasive with you. So I can't work with somebody who's going to constantly change their mind. And that's a very common problem with digital marketing. Yeah. So let's, uh, um, I know we were almost at time, but I was 
curious if you can talk a little bit about SEO. Sure. <laughs> I know that's I I know that's a huge topic for you know, but just to to speak to what it is and what people should consider. Absolutely. Uh, you know about SEO and you know like wanting to be ranked accordingly based. What what right. are some basic things they need to consider when they're developing a strategy, working through a business strategy, those types of things. Okay. You get out what you put in. So you need to have a business voice and identity and structure. Again, I gave many examples during our conversation of companies that would reach number one in Google, but then once they start getting more phone calls and emails, they don't respond because they're not scaled appropriately. They're not organized. You don't want to be in that position. It's a waste of time and a waste of whatever money you invest. And if you think that these free uh, do-it-yourself empty template generator things are going to make you number one in Google, they won't. They're, uh, in my, my feelings are that they're a horrible waste of time and really in a moral way to, to conduct a business. You're taking advantage of people who don't know better. Uh, so I really object on it on a moral and ethical level. Um, but people are attracted to it. And they go to it like moth to a flame and then they don't get any results and they're angry and resentful. And then they would call me and want me to do some magic and do it for very low prices. It doesn't work that way. SEO stands for search engine optimization. And it basically means getting to the top of Google search results so that you can get more phone calls and more emails and have greater visibility. Now, that's not for someone if you're not prepared to handle the increase in phone calls and emails. Uh, when I lived in Denver, Colorado, I was number one in Google for a period of time for several months without spending a penny, but I'm also a very experienced developer and programmer, so I was able to do it. I was getting on average a phone call or an email from a new prospect about every 15, 20 minutes. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating that. Um, most of the people who contacted me wanted a price, just a flat rate price, without giving me any information on what they wanted, what their needs were, anything. Just give me a set price. Or they would call and just say, I need a price. And I would just answer, you know, how much is a car? I don't know what you want. I don't know what your objectives are. So you've got to be clear about what your objectives are, what your business goals are, why you want these. And if you could reach that, that level, could you handle a new phone call or a new email from someone every 15, 20 minutes? How would you deal with that? Mm -hmm. um, SEO is, is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Not all of it is pleasant or fun. Um, there's Google Analytics. There's a thing called Google Console. There's Google Tag Manager. You have to be an experienced web developer and have some experience in, in design and in programming in order to know where to put the right tags in the right terms and the, light, the right links. If you don't know these things, then you can learn, yes, but it will typically take four to five hours probably every day for at least several weeks to get up to speed. Um, I started in the mid-90s, and guess what? Google changes their algorithm every couple of months. Mm -hmm. Facebook changes their, their, their way of doing things every couple of months now. So unless you have that time and energy 
to study programming and SEO, not just programming, but web design and whatever you're using, whatever tools you're using on top of Google Analytics and Tag Manager and Console, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. So what I tell people is, look, what is one new client per day worth to you? Is that worth investing? Is it worth investing on average two and a half, three thousand dollars in order to get back double or triple that a few months later? If the person's answer is no, then the business should be worked on more, right? If their answer is yes, then you want to work with a professional who knows what they're doing. And you can typically judge that by looking for testimonials from lo- from people you can verify, real photos of real people, not models, mm-hmm. with phone numbers you can call, references, educational credentials, professional affiliations, and background. Mm-hmm. For sure. So For sure. that would be my answer to that. It's about scaling and prioritizing. It's, it's much easier to speculate um, than it is to do the hard work. And it's not always pretty. It's down and dirty. And, you know, you can do things for six months and not see the tide turn yet. But if you keep at it, usually around at that point, you start to see things change. When I worked through, with small business owners through SCORE and as a freelancer and as an agency owner on my own, um, statistically businesses will begin to make more profits at around the five year mark. The majority from inception to five years, statistically, according to the U S small business administration, typically at that five year mark, that's when they begin or they should begin making more profits and having a lot lower um, losses in debt because they've learned Um, So for a business owner, usually you can't really do much to help them until they're five years of age because they don't have the money to invest. If I talk to a startup owner or a new business owner and say, look, can you invest two or $3,000 in order to get more referrals? Most of them would balk at that. There's no way. Everything has to be free or super cheap. And you're saying two to 3,000 per month or two to 3,000 generally? Typically, it's two to three thousand one time, and then you usually pay maybe around a hundred dollars per month to keep it maintained, to okay. make sure you're not going to get malware, you're not going to be hacked, that your site is being backed up on a daily basis, uh, that you get help updating the site with all the social media channels, that you have a plan connected to the site. Right. So, right. so you would typically be paying that to get help to maintain it and build it. Mm-hmm. post your podcast for example you right. know right. so typically most individuals can't really do much for you under below that amount they right. just can't anything below that amount is like come on you know I, they have bills to pay if you were to go to an agency most agencies won't even talk to an individual business owner unless your budget is some will do something for 5000 but most can't do much for under ten grand because they have employees, a lease to pay, and utilities, and benefits, and so on. Right. They have legal issues as well. They have a lawyer on retainer. They can't do anything for less than that. So, you know, that's where the bigger corporate companies would go to an agency, and the smaller business owner would go to someone like me, and I'd say, look, I'm semi-retired. I can work with one person per quarter, and I'm very happy with that. 
right, you know, right. I can yes. dedicate myself to that person, whereas the agency can't. So those are the differences, if that makes, makes sense. Oh, it makes a lot of sense. This is, uh, you and I could probably talk for a couple of hours about this because there's so much um, to learn from it. Um, this has been uh, very, very insightful, David. Um, and I guess the one thing that I'm getting is just about knowing, knowing why you're doing what you're doing yeah. and yeah. investing um, your monies or your time where it's going to count is, are two of the, th the main things that I've kind of pulled out from today. Yeah, I agree. You have to be very surgical and very measured. You know, if you're a parent and you have children, you know that you can't do everything all at the same time. And you know how they will uh, just wear you down physically, if not mentally, very quickly. So mm. you have to pick your battles. Right. right you know, sure. what do you stand up for? What, what do you let go? Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of the same way with business. Uh, but a business, you've got to grow. You've got to make more money. If mm. you've ever seen Shark Tank, it's like uh, Kevin O'Leary says on Shark Tank. If you have more debt than you have revenue coming in, if you're not operating at a profit, it's not a business. It's a hobby. Mm -hmm. You have sure. to be able to support a family. And that's where it gets real. That's where it gets real. And those are the people I want to work with. You know, I, I need to be able to support my family. I need to be able to put food on the table pay the rent, pay the lease, pay for my employees. I'm willing to do whatever is reasonable or logical to get, get from here to there. So David, where do, where can people reach you? Because I'm sure you're going to have a lot of people that are wanting more information that are listening uh, to the podcast today. Sure. So where, where can they, what, you know, if they wanted to work with you, where could they reach you? And um, do you do consultations? Like you said, that people might be able to, uh, access. Absolutely. My business website is D like David, M like Martin, S like Sam. So it's dms.blue, like the color blue. So dms.blue. If you go to my website, uh, you can see uh, very quickly on that front page, everybody's welcome to schedule a free 15-minute phone consultation. Um, this is, it's not a game. It's not silly time. It's not for spammers. Um, it's real. I'll talk to you about serious business concerns and just see initially if we're a good match for each other. If we are, then I will schedule another phone consultation that will be either for the same amount of time or maybe a half hour. After two or three consultations, then I'll decide, okay, we're a good fit for each other or, you know, no, we, we probably aren't. Um, you can also go to my website and email me as well. Um, and I'm always happy to answer a few questions to get the ball rolling and try to help. Okay. And awesome. Also, I should add, uh, you can call my Google voice phone number at 424-DAVID-01. Um, that is a voice message line. So people who have to leave a legitimate voice message um, identifying themselves and telling me what you want help with and, and so on. If you call it trying to be funny, it's just not going to take it. So it's important to say these things, especially when you're using the internet and reaching a broad audience. For sure. Well, uh, thank you again, David, for taking your time. This has been uh, very helpful for me as I kind of progress. But for everyone listening, I think it's, again, um, it's congruence. It's about being authentic and really thinking about how is it that I'm, what is it that I'm showing the world out there in reference to what my business is? And 
if you're not, if you're clueless, like I can be, uh, could say that five years ago I was, um, to get the right help. That's the one thing I spent a lot of money um, with the wrong people, getting the wrong advice um, before I kind of got to where I needed to and still continue to make different choices um, on an ongoing basis as I grow my uh, speaking business. So thanks again for tuning in. As you know, I'm a mental health and wellness specialist and I do keynotes, training and executive coaching. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I can be reached at roxannedurhodge.com. So take care and we will connect with you again next week. Take care, David. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxannederhage.com slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.